Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So in my rabbinic training, I took a course on homiletics, which is a fancy word for preaching good, right? For for speaking. And uh, one of the first lessons we learned was this. You may have heard this before. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, right? This is actually a quote from Stephen Covey, or Covey, I don't know how you pronounce it, author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. However, our professor used the a quote as instructive for preaching, right? Figure out what you basically want to say, your main idea, and everything you say should somehow relate to that main thing. So this is what I try to do here on Saturday mornings, you know, and even if you go off on like a rabbit trail or rabbi trail, you know, okay, you want to keep in mind the main idea. You always want to come back, right? It's got to relate somehow. And I know all of all the other folks, leaders that preach, you know, we, we have this in mind, right? We understand this. Okay. Um, so uh, this is a, a good advice. Also, for, for many endeavors that we try to do, if you, if you have an organization, you want to remain true to your focus. Keep the main thing the main thing, right? As a Messianic community, we, there are a couple of anchors that we have as leaders to stay, keep us in focus. Uh, so uh, we, one is our mission. We're building a congregation for Yeshua within the Richmond Jewish community. Uh, we're bridging and restoring the relationship between Yeshua, the Jewish people, and the nations, our vision. We're focused on help, outreach, purpose, and education, which spells out hope, which is our values. Last year, we had a theme, right, which was relational gospeling, sharing our faith in a compelling and relational way. And the theme verse was 1 Peter 3.15, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you with reverence and humility. And this year, our theme is relational, what? Well, that was last year. Gospeling was last year. Relational, shalom. Okay, just seeing if you're with me, okay? Regularly coming together as a community, and our theme verse is from 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as you in fact are doing okay so we've heard this before and perhaps there is a main thing for us as a community and then there's a separate main thing for you personally or maybe the main thing for us is the same thing as the main thing for you you following me it's a lot of rhyming words and stuff. All right. So uh, all these things I've just mentioned, our vision of mission, values, etc., they're all in the running for the main thing here at Tikvat Israel. But if we want to keep the main thing the main thing, then a natural question arises. What is the main thing? 
Today is Shabbat Hagadol, the great Shabbat, the Sabbath before Passover, signaling that we need to do what? We need to start getting out the chametz, right? I usually help in my household by eating all the cookies. I do, you know, my part that way. Um, you know, take one for the team, servant leadership and all that. Uh, but we're, we're cleaning out the leavening from our home, right? It's a time of preparation. It's a time of renewal. Uh, leavening in the scriptures uh, and in, in Jewish tradition and in Messianic Jewish tradition, what does leavening do, right? You put some, some yeast and what, what happens to the bread? Gets all puffed up, right? Uh, yeah, right? So it's a, it's a puffs up like a pastry. So it's a symbol of pride and sin in this, in this season, right? So what are we doing? We're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of the chametz in our homes, which is symbolic of doing it here, right? In the historic synagogue, uh, this day, Shabbat Hagadol, was the longest sermon of the year. So I hope you guys don't have any, you know, afternoon plans, because this is going to be a three-hour tour. No, I'm just kidding. Or am I? We don't know. But historically, the Shabbat Hagadol sermon was the longest and most important because the rabbi gave detailed uh, instructions on preparing for Passover. This is an important time of year, reminding the congregation about the importance of the festival and how to prepare outwardly, how to prepare inwardly, and even going over a little bit of the Seder, the, the Haggadah story is done on, on this Shabbat. Um, and traditionally, it's also associated with there's something you have to prepare, at least in, in uh, the biblical days, and that would be the Passover lamb. So this Shabbat is associated with that preparation of the lamb for the Passover, the Pesach sacrifice, okay? And uh, this is because the Exodus story is foundational to Judaism and the formation of the Jewish people as a people. This is a very important time, and, it's, and it's, it's a big part of how we understand God, right, as redeemer of Israel and the nations. In historic Judaism, today is the most important Shabbat, and the most important sermon is about preparing for Passover. So, and also, we, we know that Yeshua died and rose on Passover, so maybe Passover is the main thing. Or maybe the preparation is the main thing, right? Repentance, humility, you know, getting rid of the cookies, right? The leavening, right? Maybe that's the main thing. Just before Passover is a time to refocus. This is a season of refocus. But on what? On what? This is a time of renewal, of redemption, orienting our hearts toward telling and retelling this story. Last week, if you were here, you may have noticed that I was not here. Or maybe the leaders did such a good job that uh, you didn't notice I wasn't here, which is a good thing. You know, that's also good because of all things that could be the main thing, the rabbi is not one of them, right? But last week, right, okay. <laughs> it's okay, I can be humble. I won the humility award. Um, I wasn't going to talk about this, but uh, yeah, of course, I didn't accept it. You know, I, I gave it back. All right. You're having your own conversation over there. Okay. See me after class, please. Okay. What was I saying? Right. So um, 
So <laughs> I wasn't here last week. Uh, last week I spoke at El Shaddai Congregation in Frederick, Maryland. It's a it's a another Tikkun congregation, which is one of our umbrella organizations. And it was uh, another special Shabbat last week, Shabbat HaChodesh, the Shabbat of the new month, which is also a kind of new year. Did you know this? Right? Did you did you count down and say Happy New Year? Yay! Did you do that <laughs> last week? Should all acquaint? You didn't sing that? Okay. All right, that's okay. Um, but the first of Nisan, the first of the month of Passover, is also uh, a kind of a new year. It's the first day of the first month. So it's a reset, right? And if you read in the book of Genesis, in the time of Noah, something happens on the first day of the first month. The waters recede, right? And he is able to exit the giant ship. So I talk with them about recognizing the season that God has us in and that there are times of renewal and times of exile and allowing God to be sovereign over these times and to recognize what God is doing. Perhaps then it's the main thing is the sovereignty of God over our times and our lives. That, that could be the main thing. So we go from last week, the new year, the beginning of the month of Passover to this week, the great Shabbat right? This is where we are in time. Sometimes folks come to our synagogue and they get excited about all the Jewish things that we are, that they find here, the festivals like Passover and the focus on the Torah and the Hebrew Bible and how to keep kosher and how to honor Shabbat and the use of Hebrew in the liturgy and worship and the idea of understanding the Jewish context of Yeshua, things that you probably wouldn't find so much in your average church, right? And it's easy for these things to become the main thing, but should they be our focus, right? We have an opportunity now, it's, we're coming upon Passover, we have a Passover opportunity to refocus on the main thing, to prepare our hearts and minds. So should that, should those things be the main thing? I'm gonna rule them out because they are more outward things. Right? So perhaps we're going about this the wrong way. Rather than looking for the main thing, maybe we can narrow it down by seeing what's definitely not the main thing. So we've always already established it's not me, right? <laughs> okay. But, uh, what, what else is it definitely not? And this is from uh, Matthew 23, 23. This is the words of Yeshua. Woe to you, Torah scholars and Pharisees, hypocrites. You tithe mint and dill and cumin, which is their traditional way how they they fulfill the tithe yet you have neglected let's say it together the weightier matters of torah let's say it again the weightier matters of torah justice and mercy and faithfulness it is necessary to do these things without neglecting the others so this is a positive view of jewish tradition right and the traditions of the pharisees and their authority to make halacha right so the torah teachers and scholarly folks um uh, they're just a little bit off in their priorities it's what we call majoring in the minors right yeshua is not against their traditions the minutiae of tithing spices right and the traditions but apparently there are weightier matters there are more important matters matters of the heart that should be given priority. The main thing is going to be, therefore, more a matter 
of the heart. It's going to be something inward, right? Rather than something outward, right? And this is what we learn from all the fairy tales, right? You know, beauty and the beast, right? It's not about, you know, how uh, scary and hideous he is, but it's about the beauties inside, right? So we know from these stories that something, it's not about the outward things, right? You're getting a lot of songs today. I wasn't planning on that. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, so Shabbat Hagadol, today, there's, as we noted, a special reading, right? Perhaps a look at the Haftarah portion from Malachi 3 will shed some light on the matter. And first, some background. So Israel has returned from exile, but they're still having similar problems to what led to the exile. They're mistreating the poor. They're engaging in idolatry. And, uh, you know, you have to ask, didn't we learn anything from the first exile? We were kicked out of the land and we're still doing the same thing. But, you know, we have a heart problem, right? So, uh, there, but also there's a sense of restoration uh, throughout the Haftarah portion as well. And uh, this is a helpful summary of the Parsha uh, and the main themes from one of my professors at MJTI. This is from Dr. Vered Hillel, quote, Many mysteries surround the origin and meaning of Shabbat Hagadol. The term is not found in the Tanakh or Talmudic literature. However, by the later Middle Ages, the celebration of Shabbat Hagadol was a well-established custom. One interpretation holds that Shabbat Hagadol originated from the special Haftarah reading assigned to the Shabbat before Pesach, Malachi 3, verses 4 to 24, and particularly from verse 23, which proclaims the coming of Elijah before the great day. And what is great in Hebrew for our Hebrew scholars? Hagadol, right? So this is Yom Hagadol, the great day of the Lord which this is my comment now, is, a, is it's a theme in the scriptures. You can follow the great day of the Lord um, throughout. This Haftarah speaks of the future redemption of Israel, serves as a reminder of the exodus from Egypt, and looks forward to the final redemption. It does all three of those. The Haftarah addresses topics such as judgment and rules, those who fear Adonai and serve him, and those who don't divine vindication, but the overall theme of restoration dominates the Haftarah. For example, the restoration of the temple offerings in the very beginning, of the covenant relationship through repentance, of Adonai's justice, and of parents and children to Adonai and to each other. I mentioned that earlier, right? That he will turn the hearts of children to their parents and parents to their children. This is a part of uh, this week's uh, Haftarah portion, but it's a part of the Messianic age. It's something that God is doing right now on the earth. Malachi addresses the people of Israel who have lost faith in the promises of Hashem. They have become discontent and were murmuring against Hashem because of the expected manifestation of his glory has not taken place. In their despair, they even question his holiness and justice and have begun to deny that he will come to judge the world. The people of Israel grumble. Sounds familiar, right? Kvetching, right? Everyone who does evil is good in the eyes of Adonai, and he delights in them. Or, where is the God of justice? From Malachi 2.17. And it is useless to serve God. What have we gained by keeping his requirements? Malachi 3.14. Malachi assures Israel that the day of Hashem, the day of the Lord, is reality, and that the Lord, Ha'adon, is coming to judge the people in order to refine them. However, before the Lord comes, he will send a messenger to prepare the way. 
Remember we read about that in uh, not only in the Haftar portion, but in the, the gospel section, right? That's John, John the Immerser. It comes in the spirit of Elijah. Uh, and the Lord will appear suddenly. The Haftar concludes with the admonition to heed the Torah of Moshe, the commandments, and the announcement that Hashem will send Elijah before the great and terrible day to call the nation to repentance. Notice that Malachi is addressing the people of Israel and announcing national redemption. Hashem's actions are unilateral. He takes the necessary steps for redemption and restoration. Israel is not required to do anything. Israel's rebellion against God is so profound that he will send his prophet Elijah to renew their hearts to prepare for the coming of the Lord. This one-sided act of restoration is ultimate proof of God's love for Israel, stated at the beginning of the book, Malachi 1-2, unquote. And at the beginning of the book, they're questioning, oh, God, do you really love us, right? And he says, yes, I have chosen you. And in the Haftarah portion, he says, I am the God that does not change, right? And that's why Israel has not perished. I am the God that does not change, and that's why you have not perished. So the main thing, according to this week's Haftarah portion, could be righteous action, right? Putting God and his temple first, or treating the poor with kindness. Or perhaps the main thing is not to become so jaded that we think our actions don't matter, but rather we trust in the judge of all the earth. Or maybe it's about keeping the commandments of God, keeping the Torah, and mentions that right at the end of the Parsha. Or maybe it's about the final great day of the Lord, the Yom Hagadol, in which God will ultimately restore all things. He will judge evil in this world, and he will restore the righteous and rescue his people. The ultimate restoration of the hearts of God's people to really follow and obey him, that fixes the rebellion problem when Adam and Eve rebelled against God. That seems pretty epic. That could be the main thing. The Haftarah portion in Malachi kind of sounds like the focus of Shabbat Hagadol, doesn't it? It's, that's why the rabbis picked it. Refocusing on the things that really matter in preparation for the day of the Lord. Passover is one of the days of the Lord, but maybe with a, a small d, right? It's one of those key moments in history. It's a day of the Lord in the scriptures, and it points forward to another Passover that happens in the New Covenant scriptures, which is another day of the Lord, right? The death and resurrection of Yeshua. But it also points forward to the great day of the Lord, right? The ultimate time when God will judge evil like he did in the Exodus story, and he'll rescue his people like he did in the Exodus story. Maybe the main thing is, is an event in time, is a future time, like the day of the Lord. I don't know. I think we can get hyper-focused on the end times, right? And we can make that the main thing, but perhaps it shouldn't be. Many years ago, I visited a church where the pastor was summarizing uh, the important things that happened in history. And he said the main event in history, all of history, was the death of Yeshua on the cross. And all of history before that pointed forward to it, and all of history afterwards pointed back to the cross. And the entire Bible was focused on that event. This is fairly common in Christian theology, and there's 
probably something to it. Of the 21 chapters in the Gospel of John, for example, chapters 12 to the end focus only on the last week of Yeshua's life, right? Which leads to the final Passover, right? The last Seder uh, leads to the atoning death of Yeshua on the tree. But aren't there other things in the Gospel? What about the life of Yeshua? The resurrection of Yeshua? The teachings of Yeshua, the parables, the healing, the casting out of unclean spirits, the signs and the wonders, how Yeshua is the fullness of this other story, the Israel story, how Yeshua is the fullness of the divine image. I feel like we're getting closer. One time many years ago, one of my mentors told me about a conversation he had with someone that was in charge of a particular ministry. And he asked them what was more important than that particular ministry, right? What was more important? And they kind of hemmed and hawed, but ultimately they had a lot of difficulty thinking of something that would be more important than what they were doing in the congregation. That to them was clearly the ultimate main thing. The truth is almost anything can be a main thing if we want it to be. Even something good, like ministry, like worship. Worship could be our main thing. Prayer could be. Good deeds, fasting, our service to God, helping others, being hospitable, tithing, traditions, even a quiet time relationship, right? Even our quiet time, that could be, could be the main thing. Which is a more important main thing? Faith or works? Torah or grace? The election of Israel or the inclusion of the nations? Spreading the gospel or growing in our faith? Making plans or trusting God? Almost anything that we make the main thing, it breaks down somewhere, doesn't it? So how do we avoid getting derailed? When I was in middle school and high school, the main thing for me was relationships, particularly friendships, particularly friendships with females. These friendships were my value system, my foundation, my identity. Seeing the futility of that, the emptiness of that whole system, that's what helped lead me to the Lord when I got to college. I was like, this is not, this is not going to do it, right? Relationships are good, right? Friendships are good. We're supposed to be relational. In fact, Tikvat Israel is a very relational community. Right? That's our strength. It's what we do best. Yeah. Praise God. It's the basis for our vision for the past two years. Relational gospeling and relational shalom. Okay. Yeah. You're paying attention. And, but yet, it can't be the ultimate main thing, even if it's important. I've seen folks get fixated on one thing. Commandments or the festivals 
or keeping kosher or Jewish tradition or their own ministry or their relationships or justice or politics or their work or their phones until that becomes the main thing. It happens to me every now and then. I think it happens to all of us, right? That's why we have today. We have Shabbat Hagadol. The scripture says today, on this day, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Today is the day to make the main thing the main thing. Today is the day for resetting. So what is it? Well, I believe the main thing is not a thing at all. It's a person. It's the Lord. It's the Lord himself. Not just one thing that happened to Yeshua, like his death. Not just one part, like his instructions, like gospeling, evangelizing. But the whole of his being, the whole of who the Lord is, I think that should be our main thing. As a community and as individuals, I think we have to keep the person of Yeshua at the center of everything. If we keep Yeshua central, then we'll have a healthy dose of tradition, a healthy dose of ministry, without those things becoming the main thing. If something else is the main thing besides the Lord, what is that? What is that called? It's called an idol. Even something good, like keeping the commandments, can become an idol. If Yeshua is the main thing, then both faith and works, they're brought together in him. Both the choosing of Israel and the inclusion of the nations are brought together in Yeshua. Both hope for the future day of the Lord and focusing on the kingdom of God in this season, they're brought together. All of our relationships fall into proper place. Our relationships with people and ideas and things in our lives when the person of the Lord is primary. Notice I'm not even saying a relationship with the Lord is the main thing, but the Lord himself. And I think the difference is that if it's the relationship, then that gives us, there's a little opportunity there for striving. I've got to work on my relationship with the Lord, right? But, you know, questioning ourselves, am I doing enough to prioritize this relationship above all others? But if it's the Lord himself, you can breathe, right? We naturally relate to him first, I think, in a healthy way. Let's close with uh, the Apostle Paul uh, and his advice to the Philippians in chapter 3. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For it is we who are the circumcision, who worship by the Ruach Elohim and glory in Messiah Yeshua and have not depended on the flesh. Though I myself might have confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he might depend on the flesh, I far more circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel from the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the Torah, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting Messiah's community, as for Torah righteousness, found blameless. He was batting a thousand in, in those areas, right? But is that the main thing? But whatever things were gained to me, these I've considered as lost for the sake of Messiah. More than that, I consider all things 
to be loss in comparison to the surpassing value of the knowledge of Messiah Yeshua, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I consider them garbage, in order that I might gain Messiah and be found in him, not having a righteousness derived from Torah, but one that is through trusting in Messiah, the righteousness from God based on trust. My aim is to know him, and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, if somehow I might arrive at the resurrection from among the dead. Amen? That's good advice. That's good stuff, Paul. Yeah. Praise God for the, the letters of Paul in the Bible. Amen? That's helpful. Praise God. Avinu, help us to make you the main thing. Help us to do some spring cleaning to get out the puffed up pastries and the cookies in our houses, but also in our hearts, and to recognize where we may have made something else the main thing, even if that's good. And let us offer that back to you, Lord, that this is yours. This ministry is yours. This person is yours. This Whatever it is, Lord, it belongs to you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So if it all belongs to you, we can entrust it to you, right? Those difficult things that we're carrying and we're focusing, focusing on, that you will direct our steps and help us make adjustments, Lord. If we're focused on too much of something, even in our theology, right? If we're too much focused on the end times or too much focused on one thing or the other, that you would just speak into our hearts because you're allowed to, to change our priorities because you, O oh Lord, are our priority. Help us to prepare on this great day of the Lord, the, the Shabbat Haggadol, um, that we would um, make you first, Lord, that you would be the main thing in our hearts. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>